Hey, everybody. It's then again. With Cannon. Glenn, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. That's you. We're back. We kind of we kind of stopped recording the uh, the previous episode, and then after about two seconds, decided let's keep talking <laughs> so, because there's so much to say, and and really primarily the bubonic plague, since that does sadly remain, or I guess happily, because it's in the past, remain the benchmark of social disruption, but also just the the reaction of people at the time. Because as we mentioned in the last podcast, you know, these are people that are undergoing something that literally is disrupting the foundation of their world and how they perceive it. And as you can imagine, they reacted in many strange ways or some ways that were expected. I think one of the ways it's expected is there's this redoubled turning to the church in Western Europe that, of, co- of course, people are looking for solace, they're looking for understanding. And, and, and redemption and, and redemption. forgiveness. Right, because as you mentioned, a lot of people, the, the, you know, the line is this must be God's retribution for something. For something we have done bad as individuals, but more likely as a society. As a society. Maybe it's the king, maybe it's our bishop. Exactly. Maybe, maybe it's us. Maybe it's us. So, so we're going to pray. So there's, of course, a huge wave of that. And I think that's something that's familiar to people going through this thing today, too. There's an element of that. But then there's also things that, once again, we mentioned last time that there are, in addition to disease vectors, there's cultural vectors. There are many different things that can happen in conjunction with the disease, because just because the disease is sweeping through doesn't mean other things aren't also happening. Absolutely. So, so like the ergot uh, uh, disease that can come from barley— uh, and grains, there, there's there's pretty good evidence, pretty substantiated, that as the plague is breaking out, there are also these harvests that are being affected by weather conditions and causing the grains people are eating to cause these hallucinogenic sickness. They're it, almost it, almost a trip. Almost, almost, almost a, trip. a trip. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. And, it's, and it's, not, it's not killing them, but it is causing mental disruption. So you've got this mental state disruption. At the same time, you've got this plague disruption going. And believe me, folks, you cannot, you just cannot emphasize how strong an influence the church. I'm not going to say the Catholic church because at that time it's just the The church church. because Catholic means universal, had on these people's lives as well. So you see those things, those three factors particularly can come together and you've got, this is where the dance macabre comes from, the, the, the dance till you die. The, the, I'm sure you've, you're all familiar with these uh, medieval woodcuts and illustrations of the procession of skeletons dancing. And, they, and they're, they're amazing. They're wonderful. But, you, you know, you see the people dancing with them in the same pose. And you see these outbreaks of the religious flagellants who are, you know, going literally groups of dozens and scores of people going from town to town, whipping themselves in penance, trying know, to help each town that they go trying through, trying to each t- help town they go to, and and like and here are two, you know, seemingly disparate things: this, the 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 whipping yourself, and then also dancing and refusing to eat or drink. They're both going to end up the same way, <laughs> but yeah. they're two different manifestations. But they're also driven by a lot of the scholars that look at this say, well, you know, this the dance macabre movement, the 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 self-flagellation movement, they seem to coincide with some of these other vectors like the diseased crop that's affecting your mind. Overlaid over all of this is the omnipresent church. So you've got those three things coming together in a in a perfect storm of cultural reaction that's, you know, well, and yeah, and pretty we, unusual. And we you know, we, we we mentioned last time about social distancing and how they knew that that worked. And yet, humans are very social creatures. We Absolutely. crave, we need interaction with other people. And so even though 
they know we probably shouldn't go where the plague is or could be. If we're going to get it, we're going to get it. Let's have this dance. Let's go. And from you know what? Yes. The, if we're going to get it, we're going to get it. There's a fatalism. I'm glad there, you mentioned that. There really that. is. And, and is, so, you know, the people, the, the flagellants going from village to village, well, the pain I'm going through will purify me and right. will protect me as I go from these village, this village to village. And if people, I come to you, you join me in that, it's going to purify you and protect and you. And so people even though they kind of know they should separate themselves from the disease, they can't because humans have to interact. Right. They, they have to still maintain, not just from a, a personal and, and psychological perspective, but that's how trade works. That's how right. you know, incomes work. That's how people are able to, to get the business, the day-to-day business done. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, the part about that's how trade works, because, of course, we were also talking during the break about, you know, going shopping and the scare shelves and things. And, and I was talking to a, a, a clerk at the, at the Publix, and they were saying, well, you know, we're getting trucks in every day. So there still has to, even, even when it's a self-quarantine, even when there's a sequestration, there still has to be some interaction. There simply has to be. Or the society, be it 21st century or 14th century, does well and truly collapse, you know. And while, of course, medieval Europe, you know, easily 85 to 90 percent of the population is rural. I mean, probably even underestimating, but it's it's, it's just farmers. On a farm, in a sense, it's pretty easy to self-quarantine. You stay at your farm. And you have some food. You're stuff. born into isolation. You're and born sort of into existence. Exactly. But you know, for someone in, in medieval London or or Milan or, or or Paris, I mean, it's first off, medieval cities are a lot dirtier than ours in the sense that they, that they had food producing animals in them. <laughs> but you still need those supplies coming in. So to have a truly airtight quarantine, it's difficult for us now. It's it's impossible in the Middle Ages. It's impossible, and and you know that that's just it. You were talking about. It's hard for us now. We do have electronic and virtual means of social interaction. Right. We've got all the social media that we could possibly need to still interact. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that's kind of making right now work a little bit for people. And it it does. I've seen several people, and I totally grok with them. (laughs) This is a very surreal apocalypse. Yes. Because... On one hand, everything seems so normal, and yet on the other hand, this is so remarkably unprecedented because I think we've become so used to virtual and, and, and electronic interaction yeah. that when we're being driven to use that mostly, it doesn't seem too weird, and yet I think as time goes by, you're really going to start to see even some of that break down because we're as you say we right. still have to have that personal interaction right. and when that starts to happen i mean you know restaurants closing their their dining areas it doesn't seem that bad cuz we drive through but right we're eventually going to want to go out and get something to eat and sit down <laughs> exactly. and we're going to want to go see a movies and even mm-hmm. you sports ball people are going to want to go see the the pigskin get a home run or whatever <laughs> it is that happens right. and and it'll be interesting to to kind of see how how this continues and, and how long this needs to go on. But, you know, comparing this this modern social digital media and their way of connecting, you know, that, of course, being the being the medievalist that I am and the English major that I am, you know, makes me think of, you know, Boccaccio's Decameron, which, you know, is the, the, the impetus for Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. 
And, you know, those things inspire Edgar Allan Poe's Mask of the Red Death, you know, <laughs> which leads directly to Flesh and Blood and the Seventh Seal. Now, there, I did it. Now, but no, th- th- this, this whole concept of quarantine, yet at the same time, social interaction, because that's what Boccaccio's Decameron is. For those of you that don't know, and you better know, uh, uh, Boccaccio writes this book. It's, it's, these, it, it's the plague is happening in Italy. This group of people come together in a castle so they can be isolated, and they're going to tell multiple stories each in turn to pass the time. So it's, it's, I kind of love that because there's that medieval microcosm of exactly what we're doing now. Yeah. If 600, uh, give or take, five or 600 years later, they're quarantined, they're self-isolated, and they're self-isolated. And that's the thing. It's just they decide, right. in, the, in, the, in the context, they decide to go. To the castle. Right. It's the, the, the prince didn't say do it. They decided we shall... This is going to be best for us and for everyone else. Right. So, so it's, 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 it's really marvelous. But then also realizing that they're going to need interaction. So they take a group of people that can be sustained at this place, and they, and they hole up. You know, and this wondrous you know, work of literature comes out of, it, uh, out of the idea. I'm, I'm not as familiar with Boccaccio's background as... Perhaps I should be. I don't know if he's basing that on an actual. He heard about people doing yeah, it. I, I think it's just out of his mind. It's like you know what? What if this had happened during the the plague? Uh, you know, I, although I am sure castles were definitely places where people self isolated. Yeah, and, and no hold up. That. Yeah, no doubt about that. But but either way, this is one man's response to this catastrophic thing that's happening, and he you know turns it into a work of art with that you know list of stuff I just reeled off. You know covers the next 500 years of, of entertainment that looks back to this form that he did. You know, now we have Wi-Fi, <laughs> and which will allow you, isolated in your homes, to Google this. I think, that isn't there even like a questionable movie about the Decameron? I want to oh, say... Oh, yes, I, there's a very questionable movie yes, about the Decameron. Yes. It's um, quite questionable. <laughs> <laughs> it may even be on YouTube. Um, but, you know, and that's 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 sort of the remarkable thing is, you know, my, my sons are doing the school from home thing, and I'm also interested to see how long that ah, lasts. You're right. Uh, well, not so much how long it lasts, but but how effective it continues to be. Because now everyone is a homeschool teacher. Well, the problem uh, is you're only teaching them history and no math. Well, <laughs> actually, that's not the problem because okay. they're full up on history. Thanks for for years and years. But now <laughs> that's right. But now that those new math kids are learning how to carry the one, I assure you. Ah. Uh, and uh, uh-uh. it, you know. It's, it's, They're it's, doing that long division right. They really are. They really are. But it's 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 interesting because watching them, my 10-year-old, it's like school from home. Okay, Andrew, I think you need to get online. And you need to, okay, Dad, I know what to do. Open the computer. Click, 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 click. Oh, my assignment is to make a video about this. Click, click, click. Hello, kids, I'm making a video about this, and I'm going to turn it into my teacher. Send. Wow. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, I taught him to do that? <laughs> didn't what? No, I didn't teach him to do that. Well, now, 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 Brandon, Brandon, Brandon is, uh, is a little older being a teen. Do you see, since we're talking about social interaction right. in the times of these crises, is, is he having a different reaction than Andrew? Well, is he... to, to school, well, okay, it's very interesting because so my 16-year-old, and this is probably just my kid who's, who's very focused <laughs> on his education, he feels he's he, getting rooked. He, yeah, he he feels that he is that's getting a, that's a chest term. Yeah, he feels that he's getting ripped off because 
I'm supposed to be getting an education, and all I'm doing is logging on to the internet and watching videos. Sounds to me like he's the true son of his libertarian father. Yeah. So, so he's what's this government trying to pull on me? And and he doesn't care for. He's like, band's going to be awful because no one's going to practice the way they're supposed to. So I'm going to go practice, and I'm going to see if I can't, you know, carry all their weight and all this stuff. So, but it is, you know, it's it's remarkable to see the the teenager, uh, the ten year old, and the mom and the dad kind of kind of working. Right. through all of this with in, in the different ways that, that we're doing it. And because uh, I know, you know, even, well, in the in the Middle Ages, there was, the school was school from home anyway. Right, and right. They, and they weren't getting, quote, an education. Well, they were learning well, how well, to do the things well, to survive in society. Education for life. Yeah. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. And since you mentioned Middle Ages, we're about to have to, to wind down here. If you, we've, I've mentioned two films about the Middle Ages and plague specifically, so... If you if you have uh, if you're in for an interesting romp that in some instances in micro instances is incredibly historically accurate but in broad strokes is the worst thing you've ever seen but you'll nevertheless love <laughs> flesh and blood with Rutger Hauer and of course the classic the Seventh Seal Ingmar Bergman well that movie actually touches on some of the very things we talked about today and by the way the stuff about the say the the the, the religion the the flagellants and the the dance macabre folks. I'd be remiss if I did not recommend Barbara Touchman's Through a Distant Mirror, The Calamitous 14th Century. Just amazing. It's a really it, good book. Really, it's uh, Barbara Touchman. She is by far my favorite historian author. But she talks really, really well about all these societal reactions that we've talked about briefly today. But but leaving you with The Seventh Seal, uh, first off, fantastic movie. And he died recently. I know. And suddenly his name left from my mind. I am so old and feeble. Mike von Max von Sydow. Max von Sydow. Oh, my God. The Three-Eyed Raven. Ming the Merciless. <laughs> so, man. The Exorcist. But also... He was also in Conan the Barbarian. Oh, yes, he was. Yes, yes, he was. I applaud you. Such audacity. Anyway, but he's, he plays a knight coming back from the Crusades as plague is, is spreading through, you know, some miscellaneous Scandinavian country. It's never made clear exactly where the movie takes place. But a lot of the themes we just talked about, the, the dancers, the flagellants, the, this, this questioning, the what, what have we done? I mean, those are all central themes to that movie. And in a great way, it's a pretty good meditation on, you know, our present circumstance, looking back at that circumstance. And although everyone likes to say, oh, it's just, there's so many parodies of that, which is just eerie music playing, stone-faced dialogue, him playing chess with death and it's always played for like some so stupid over the top experience when in actuality if you watch the movie it's pretty earthy it's pretty down to earth it's very funny well, it's it's like it's like casablanca it's yeah. all that stuff seems like a cliche now because that made they, it happen exactly, the first time exactly so we'll leave you with that and uh libba's telling us stop so we're gonna stop bye, bye. Then Again with Ken and Glenn is a production of the Cottrell Digital Studio at the Northeast Georgia History Center. If you've enjoyed listening to Then Again with Ken and Glenn, please make sure that you subscribe and help us out by writing a review. To learn more about the Northeast Georgia History Center, visit www.negahc.org.